Welcome to Whiskey and Whiskers, a very special um, improvised version of Whiskey and Whiskers, that is. I'm your host, Blake. And I'm flying solo today. Uh, as you may have heard, we are having a severe winter weather event in Texas. So, uh, yeah, everybody's remote. Half of us don't have electricity. So we're, uh, you know, flying solo today. Um, I thought I'd take this opportunity. We actually already had a, uh, a regular episode scheduled and a midweek scheduled, but um, I thought it'd be cool to give any, all of our listeners an update on like what's going down here, especially those of you that don't live in Texas. So here's how it went down. Started snowing like, I don't know, uh, Sunday night, something like that. Actually, you know, it must've been earlier than that. It must've been like, uh, I don't know, Friday of last week. Anyway, so it, it got kind of sketched out. It was right after uh, right after Valentine's Day. Yeah, it got kind of sketched out, started getting uh, ice and snow. And, you know, for those of you that are not uh, from Texas, maybe you're from up north and you're probably more equipped to deal with this type of a situation, you're looking at us being like, bros, you know, you got a couple inches of snow, like what's the deal? And I, I, I want to take an opportunity to explain, like, um, we don't have any of that infrastructure here in Texas. We are not built. We are not prepared for uh, winter events like this. We're used to hot, you know, we're used to, I mean, you know, catch, catch me in the middle of summer when it's 110, you know, like that's what we, that's what we do well here. But that being said, so we don't have salt trucks or plows or like, uh, you know, most people don't have like Jeeps or I, I guess they do, but it's just for commuting. They don't, they damn sure don't drive them on ice all the time. So when it snows or ices, even more specifically, there's there's nothing there's no way to like get rid of it. There's no way to stop it. It's just you wait till it melts. Also, generally speaking, like right after it's it snows or if it does happen to snow, if it snows or sleets or anything like that, it usually hits the ground. And because it's so warm here all the time, like our ground just melts it. It turns to water, and then the you know in the middle of the night it freezes again. So it's it's like everything ices all the time. It doesn't it doesn't disperse like for shit. So anyway, we end up with uh, slip and slides or uh, uh, ice skating rinks, I guess is a better way to put it. So yeah, we're we've been trying to deal with that. We're also having uh, rolling electrical outages. Some of it to maintain you know energy. Some of it because a tree limb fell on a power line. So some people are actually just flat out without electricity. Um, a lot of people are dealing with uh, rolling blackouts. I've been pretty fortunate here. Uh, I haven't had any electrical issues. Um, I did have, I had, so I had water for the first couple of days, and then eventually I ended up losing my, uh, my kitchen sink is on an outside wall, and I guess the pipe going through the wall at my kitchen sink froze up, and I lost you know water to my kitchen sink, but I still had water everywhere else and wasn't that worried about it. And I know you're saying like, Dude, you got to drip your sinks. I was dripping my sinks. It's fucking cold here, bros. So anyway, um, even with it dripping, yeah, my, my kitchen sink ended up getting stopped up and, and frozen. But that's not what my problem was with the water. Because like I said, we had water for at least a day or two after the, the kitchen sink froze up. And then at some point, I guess just because of the rolling power outages or something like that, we lost water because, you know, they don't have pumps and they don't have... They just can't keep up. Water plants can't keep up with the demand because of the power outages. So as they slowly dwindle, people start losing water. And, you know, when that came around, uh, I kind of had a, a heads up, an inkling that it was going to happen. 
I filled my bathtubs up with water. I uh, filled up a, a like a metal drum that I had to have some backup water. And, you know, obviously I had several gallons of water set aside already. Like I just try to try to be that way. So we had drinking water. We were, the idea is use the bathtub water as, as a means to flush the toilets. And, uh, you know, we're off to the races. We're stuck, we're stuck here, but you know, we're in it. And so that, that went down, you know, that was good for a while. And, and I'll be honest, like the hardest part of it all, at least for me now, again, I'm spoiled. I haven't lost electricity, but, uh, the hardest part of it has been mental. It's just, uh, sitting in the same place, doing the same thing every day or doing nothing, feeling powerless. People call you, you know, uh, from out of, out of town or, you know, they're, they're too far away for you to help. They're like, I don't have food. And it's like, you know, man, I, I have food if I could just get it to them. But alas, it's, we're all fucked. Or other people, you know, I, they weren't able to, to get the, the water that they needed. So they can't flush their toilet or something like that. And it's like, man, if I could just like, it's, it, it, your brain is so geared and so ready to just be able to commute and take water to someone. But, you know, you can't, you can't take, you can't drive. Or even on a lesser note, you know, like, I got, we eventually, we got bored. Everyone's getting stir crazy, staying at home all the time. We do a big Zoom meeting, all the friends and, you know, people come on, you know, 14 people or something like that. And you're talking to people and so-and-so's like, oh man, I got beer. And someone else is like, oh, I got whiskey. And someone else is like, dude, I got, I got nothing. And it's like, man, I got, I got an extra bottle of whiskey. I just want to hand it to you. And I, I fucking can't because I'm talking to you over the microphones. But that is cool though. I mean, like how cool is that, that, that. We can, I was sitting here in the studio talking to all these people and it feels, it feels like you're hanging out there with them. It, obviously it helps to like use a computer and see it on the TV instead of looking at your phone. I think uh, most people, they, they just look at their phone and that can get kind of old. Um, not, not the company or the conversation, just the having to like carry your phone everywhere. And I did notice that, that most of the people on the call were doing it that way. And that's just, you know, because that's what they, the hardware that they had, but still how, how cool is that, that, that we're at a time where we can still hang out with our friends and be remote at the same time. That's pretty exciting. Anyway. Yeah. It, it's the mental game, you know, rolling all the way back to that, trying to, trying to deal with like, okay, I, I've taken care of us and I've done my thing and now we're just, there's nothing else to do. It's just sit and wait, you know, make dinner and then make fucking extra dinner or something like the kids fed, like the dogs are watered, every, everybody's fine, except, you know, the people that sometimes there's people that call you that are, oh, I don't, I don't have heat. And, oh man, you know, if you don't have a generator, you're kind of screwed and then you can't go anywhere. I, I know, uh, I know Chop, Chop's power is out right now still as I'm recording this. And uh, he sent a picture to the group text of a tent in his living room. And th this is, the reason my audio is bad today is because Chop's our producer. Like he's a, this is a guy that's connected with with uh, the internet and video games and you know League of Legends and computers and tech tech stuff. Like he's more connected than any of the rest of us. And he's like living in the Stone Age, living in a tent in his living room, trying to stay warm. So yeah, that's that's what it's like around here right now. I don't know. It's it's been interesting. It's been fun. Not. <laughs> Not all fun, but obviously, you know, there's it's it's fun to like overcome adversity, right? To to see a hurdle and be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to do this. So oh, here's a, here's an example. I didn't. I, we don't have water, right? We haven't had water for days at this point. 
And I don't want to use like the water that we have for something what seems to me as trivial as taking a shower. So like I need this water to drink, to cook, to, you know, I wash my hands, but taking a shower is just seems really exorbitant, you know, a lot of, a lot of cost and, and less payoff there. It's, it's just not a priority. So I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I was starting to get like my head space was getting kind of, you know, fucked up. Like, man, I don't, I need to do something. I feel stuck. I feel trapped, lethargic, all of that. And uh, finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to do a shower. And this may sound so simple to you people, you know, you people look from up north because you're like, dude, of course, like this is how you do it. Uh, it took me way longer than I'd like to admit days. We'll call it days. Go outside, get I, I, first first trip. I filled a bucket full of snow, which you people you know, up north are laughing at me because you know snow fills up a lot of a lot of space for not a lot of water. Second trip, I ended up going and just getting ice, all the ice I could find, icicles, you know, breaking the ice up on the top of the snow, putting that in the bucket, and then I took that inside. And this, this, when I say bucket, I mean this. This is like a like a crock pot, like or not like a crock pot, like a like a boiling pot this is what I use to do like crawfish boils. That's what this thing has mostly been used for. Not definitely not snow, but it's a giant ass pot. So I take it inside. I've still got power. So my stove works. So I put this giant bucket of, of ice on, on my stove and just melt it. My goal here, I hadn't even thought of uh, taking, you know, like how to, I could utilize it yet. My goal here is just melt the ice and then dump it in my reserve so I can keep flushing the toilet end up taking it off and it's like this is hot water i'm going to use it to flush the toilets anyway which you can use you know gray water or like you can use used water you don't use poop water but you know you know what i mean you can use gray water to flush toilet so i was like man i'm gonna i'm gonna this water's already hot i haven't had hot water in days remember so it was just such an epiphany to me like Dude, I'm going to melt ice. I'm going to pour it over myself. I'm going to wash my hair and, and my body as best I can. I'm going to catch as much water as I can in this other bucket. So I'm going to pour it over my, you know, into this bucket, second bucket, and uh, recollect it. So that way I can use it again to flush the toilet later. And man, I came out feeling so refreshed and like revived. Just overcoming that one hurdle of just, I, I need to take a shower um, made me feel that much better. And then you know, then you start like figuring out other things to do. Definitely the the mental game is, has been the hardest part, but uh, I don't want to sit here and act like it's been crazy hard for me because it, it has been for other people. It's been super easy for me. Um, another way I got, I got pretty lucky is, uh, you know, we had plenty of food stocked up in the freezer in the fridge. Uh, I've never, I haven't wanted for a meal at all. I'm dude, I'm putting on weight, sitting at home, just cooking and eating and watching TV. Like that's all I can do. So we had a bunch of like chicken and hamburger meat and uh, okay, here's, here's what's up three days, right? For dinner one night, I made chicken and dumplings, like super warm, hearty meal. That's going to like get you through the winter shit. You know, that may be a Southern thing. I don't know. Do do y'all eat Northerners answer me this. Do y'all eat uh, chicken and dumplings? Anyway, um, second night I made, uh, venison spaghetti. Um, so again, like, warm a bunch of food feeds a lot of people for a long time which you know it's just me and my wife and my kid but feeds us for a while right and then the third night i did chicken noodle soup homemade chicken noodle soup with potatoes and carrots and obviously chicken and noodles and all that shit so we had like three pots in the in the kitchen for or in the fridge for a while 
And we were just eating that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because you don't know how long it's going to last. And you're like, I'm going to eat what, what we got before I start burning up, you know, other resources, I guess. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've been eating good. I, I made steak tonight. Yeah, there's definitely been people out there that, that struggled worse than I did. I managed to get to the grocery store today. Today, by the way, is as I record this, is Thursday the 18th, I think. Yeah, the 18th. So today's Thursday, the 18th. We've been holed up for seven days, something like that. And um, I did manage to make it to the store today uh, pretty pretty casually. Like, I, again, I got super lucky. We decided, hey, let's let's go for it. And it was kind of a, we'll, we'll get to the road conditions later, driving in snow. That's, a, that's an experience for a Southerner, or driving in ice more specifically. Anyway, going to the grocery store. So we're going to the grocery store. We decide to commit limp all the way there there's not that many people at the grocery store surprisingly and we have this huge down here we have an heb it's it's uh i don't know like what what, what do you have kroger or, or something like that it's just a giant grocery store so we park kind of out i park in the back i don't mind walking even on ice just to keep people from smashing my car so we park we park the car way back out in the back uh we slip and slide all the way to the front and it looks like there's people gathered up by the propane. That's what I thought, or I wouldn't even walked up. But apparently they were waiting at the front door. So I asked the guy at the front door, hey, man, like, are y'all open or what's the deal? And he says, oh, we're going to open in 20 minutes. And now, granted, this is like, this is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2.30 in the afternoon. So I, I kind of assumed, like, I'd get there and either they would be closed or they'd be open. I didn't even anticipate the fact that, like, they might be opening shortly. But I get there, and the line's only, like, 15 people maybe, but it's building, right? As, as we're walking up, it's like 15 people, 16, 17 people, 18, three more walk up, 20, 22, 25. So like it's getting longer as we're walking up to it. And then I asked the guy, he says, Hey, we're opening in 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's wait around and get up in here. So we get in line, wait 15, 15 minutes or so. We didn't even wait the full 20 minutes and they let us in store is a huge store There's not that many people outside we walk right in get a cart and it was pretty casual there wasn't a whole lot of may you know you'd expect mayhem or whatever they they were also kind pretty well stocked on most things but if you wanted water if you needed milk that's where it got really sketchy was water you go to where the water is and not only is it almost out there's a like there's there's 10 cases of water and there's 35 people like fighting about it or bitching or trying to get to it. Uh, but then you go over to the dog food section. That's what we, sh we showed up for was, you know, hey, if we're out, let's get some dog food, cat food and some milk. Because we, we didn't have milk for fucking days. That was pretty brutal. I was drinking powdered milk, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so they had they had stuff. You just had to kind of, you know, avoid the crowds and the mayhem. I did see a couple people. We tried to to be like cool about it. Let's not. Let's not bug out and try to get cases and cases of water. You know, we can get two gallons of water and be just fine. So that's what we did. That that was the limit for jugs, like gallon jugs of water, you know. And then they obviously had limits on the amount of bottled water you could buy and the amount of, like, all the different kinds of water, the big bottles. We just got the two jugs, of, two gallons of water. And then, you know, go over to milk. And, again, same thing. There was a little more supply of the milk. Um, and not as many crazy people, but it was still, you could tell it was low and, and, you know, there was a little bit of tension there, but we got some milk, no problem. We got two gallons of that too. And then we got dog food and cat food. And I think a couple loaves of bread, you know, then we're set that like, 
we, we got what we need at home already, really. Uh, the only other thing that we were kind of hoping for was some butter that was sold out, whatever. Um, but man, you walk down any of the other aisles, you walk down the, the snack aisles, you know, all that shit. It's all there. They, they got it. Uh, except meat. If you went to the meat counter, that shit was wiped out, bro. It's like they didn't have shit. The only things that I saw there in the meat section, they had a whole bunch of ground turkey, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, people, if I, I get it, hamburger meat, like, that's what's up. But ground turkey is just as good. And, like, it's almost indis indistinguishable from ground meat if you put it in a dish of some kind, if you're making a, a meat sauce or bolognese. So, dude, you gotta you gotta get on that ground turkey. I don't know why people aren't. No problem. I grabbed two pounds of ground turkey just because it was there, and you know, there's tons of it, and nobody seems to want it. And then the other thing that again tripped me out. Over in the corner, they had pork butts. So all the trays of chicken legs, like all the chicken breast, all the steak, all the you know, all that shit was gone. But they got this huge ass pork butt. You throw that pork butt in an instapot or a crock pot, and you let it cook for hours and hours. Not only does it heat up the house, it also makes shredded pulled pork. It's pretty bomb. So I don't know why people were passing that up, but you know, might as well throw one of those bitches in there. Uh, we did get some sodas just cause you know, you don't want to drink all the water. You know, it's, it's nice to have them when you can't just slam a bunch of water. I keep a jug of water in my fridge always. And that's what my go-to, like anytime I open the fridge, I chug water, but can't do that right now. So it's nice to grab a soda, I guess. Um, so yeah, anyway, the, the store experience was pretty good. Nothing, nothing crazy checking out, but I could tell by the time I was leaving that it was already starting to, to pick up what I imagined was going down as people were showing up, the store was closed and they were leaving. And I just happened to get there right when people started saying, fuck it, we're going to wait. And, uh, got right in in 15 minutes, got super lucky. So we got, you know, we got some, some stuff just to like, lighten the mood, make us happier. We got some cookies and some ice cream and shit and, you know, made it back home safe. Everything's good. Uh, I will note that the HEB is three miles from my house down one main street. Like once you get out of my neighborhood, you go down a main street and it's there three miles down the road. So it, it, I didn't have to go up any hills. I didn't have to go do anything crazy. It was, and it's a pretty, you know, busy road, so it was, it was warm down, and it still was sketchy. There, like, two lanes, you drive in the middle. You don't drive the two, you know, two lanes going in either direction, and they're driving in the middle because that's where the tracks are. But I didn't slide at all. I did see one guy try to pass in the in the slow lane, or I guess the, again, we were in the middle of the two lanes, so I don't know where he thought he was going, but I guess. He knew intuitively that there were two lanes there, so he tried to pass. He ended up sliding into the curb and, and you know, didn't crash or anything, but I saw him take off again, but, you know, that was a boneheaded move. So, yeah, pretty uneventful. Um, I don't really know how it's going to go down tomorrow, if there's going to be able to, to travel or not. I hope so, because we're all going crazy. I don't know how how people hold it down for... Like even even COVID, right? You got to stay home for ten days or something like that if you catch COVID. I never caught COVID, luckily, knock on wood. So uh, I never had to do that. But dude, that shit's no joke, man. Staying home, you know, just doing the same thing. Like I can only watch so many episodes of King of the Hill or or Malcolm in the Middle or and you know I'm not like super like I'm not a, much of a movie guy. I, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I watch movies, but uh, 
it takes, I have to be really interested to just sit down and casually watch a movie that's not, you know, either recommended to me by someone or, or like I'm there for a reason to just be like, yeah, I'll start a movie. It's, that's just not me more. I would be more likely to play video games, but even that, you know, I don't play that many video games. I don't know. I guess I like to drink whiskey y'all. I don't know if this is a secret or not, but that's what I like to do on my free time, which I don't have a lot of. Let's see what else. Uh, firewood. So I kind of pride myself. I'm, I'm by no means a prepper. Okay. No means at all. But I, I do have this like, you know, like I like to have a lighter in my car. It doesn't matter if I'm planning on smoking a cigar that night. If there's a lighter in my car, then if I need a lighter, it's there. I carry a pocket knife for the same reason. I have a fire pit outside and I have a fireplace. So it makes sense to have firewood. You know, you shouldn't run out of firewood. And usually I've got firewood stacked up to the roof of my shed. And for whatever reason, when this thing hit, I was right in that weird space where I've still got, you know, quite, for, for what I would consider, you know, it's several nights, several days worth of firewood, which I don't use all the time. You know, I use, like, I might f make a fire just for the, for shits and giggles for one night, and then I don't touch it again for weeks, you know, uh, or we'll do a fire pit outside and, and again, don't touch it again for weeks. So if I got six days worth of firewood, that's that's enough for me to last like, you know, six months usually. But this thing hits and, it, you know, it's nice to have a fire going when uh, the heater is struggling to keep up and there's, you know, rolling blackouts and that, which again didn't hit me. But still, uh, it, it was getting cold in there. It got down to, you know, I think 59 degrees at one point just because the heater's trying to keep up with it. Anyway, I, I got caught in that weird spot where I needed to re-up on firewood, and I hadn't yet because I didn't think I would need that much firewood at any given time, and I ended up burning up all my firewood. So uh, I need to I need to up that game, and you know, I bet I bet after this thing, there's a lot of new preppers. I bet a lot of people start prepping after this. I would think that, like, I would love to have a shelf in my garage, just a small shelf, you know, but have two or three of those gallon or bigger than a gallon, but those water containers that have a nipple at the bottom, you know what I'm talking about. You got to stab the top to make them drain. Have two or three of those and have a bunch of cans. And when I say a bunch, I mean 10. If you got 10 cans of Chef Boyardee, you're probably, you know, that person's good for a week. And then, you know, stuff like lighters and, and first aid. And, and I was also thinking throw some of those boxes of the, the fire start or the fire logs that you put in your fireplace that you can buy at the grocery store. They usually come in a box of like six or eight or something. Two or three boxes of those. That would be ideal. And that way you can start a campfire if you need to. I did think about that. I never had to resort to it, but I have a lot of camping gear. So uh, when when it, you know when I was facing the idea of okay, if we lose power, what am I going to do? I definitely thought, well, you know, I got I got propane for the grills, and I got a a propane stove to to cook on, like a stove top. I can make this work. I'd have to go dig the, this, you know, propane stove out, but um, luckily I didn't have to do that. But some of those little cans of propane would probably be good to put on the shelf too. You know, some prepper shit. Throw a few bottles of whiskey in there, obviously, because if you get caught up, the problem with that is you know you're going to drink that whiskey. You're going to find it the first time you run out of whiskey and people want to keep hanging out. You're going to go, oh, I got some out in the garage in my prepper station. So we'll have to figure out a way around that. Put a lockbox on it or something. We need a, we need, they need to make a safe that you have to, that has a breathalyzer on it. You blow into it. That way you could like lock your phone up and your, your 
whiskey, you know, an extra bottle of whiskey and maybe your car keys and you lock them in the safe and they've doesn't open until you blow in it. That's a good idea. I bet it already exists. And if it doesn't, it's mine. Fuck off. So anyway, I bet, uh, I bet a lot of people become preppers after this because I've been thinking about it, but I just don't want people to think I'm like crazy because I'm, because I'm prepping, you know, I think that word has bad connotations to it that, oh, he's a prepper. Ugh. He's probably like, like burying ammo in the backyard and shit. No, that's, that's crazy. I guess there are crazy preppers out there, but there's also, you know, it comes from being prepared, right? I bet there's people out there that are prepared that you wouldn't call crazy. They're probably smart people that aren't, that don't take it too far. So that's the trick. It's moderation. Moderation's key, people. I'm going to pour a shot on that note. And I'm drinking Old Faithful, Evan Williams tonight. It's what I tend to drink when, uh, when I'm not on the show. Uh, that or Elijah Craig. We've been drinking a lot of Elijah Craig lately. So anyhow, uh, a lot of places are, are tr attempting, threatening to open back up tomorrow, Friday the 19th. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Oh, but I do uh, totally understand the need to, to get things back rolling. And not even just the, like, the monetary need, but the, the mental need. Like, people need to get back into a rhythm, to get back to, to a life, a life that they're used to, as opposed to just continuing this, like, hunker down thing. And it kind of plays into the COVID thing as well. People get anxious. They get, you know, re they're just ready to, okay, I want, maybe not even normal, but a new normal is fine. Like I, what we don't want is to keep this like lockdown lifestyle that, that that's uncomfortable. Uh, that's what it is. You want to get back to a spot of comfort and, and familiarity, right? So, and it can be, it can be really nice for morale. If, if I can just make it to work, if I can make it to work, then I'm not going to be as stressed out and pissed off, or I'm not going to be as is you know worried and anxious or so i get it i understand why they want to open back up but uh i just don't i, I don't know we'll see i guess if uh if i wake up in the morning the eye and the roads are completely iced over again you know i'll be telling my people like nah don't don't go anywhere but if i wake up in the morning and i feel like it you know the roads are pretty pretty squishy pretty pretty slushy but not icy and not packed like i'm gonna get slide off into the the snow then, you know, I might attempt it and I'm going to try to attempt it early. So then I can call my guys and be like, Hey, this is the road situation, you know, deal with it as you see fit. Uh, but at least I can come from a point of like, this is what I know. We'll just have to see. Uh, it's hard. It's hard on both ends. I, I think a lot of people are out there going, you know, like, Oh, I wish my work would just tell me, are, are we closed tomorrow? Are we open tomorrow? And from the other side, I bet there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of people out there going, look, I want to tell my people like, yes, we're open or, you know, yes we're closed but it's it's hard until you know how it's actually going to be you know so anyway enough about that might have smoke I'm giving you frame for frame recaps on what's going on in the studio just making noise because i'm by myself i gotta tell you it's a lot easier to record a podcast when you have like three other brains to bounce even three numb skulls like the people that are on this podcast if you got three other people to bounce ideas and bullshit off of then it tends to flow a little better but we're doing our best, right? We're adapting. We're improvising. So I've been, uh, the way I've been dealing with uh, boredom, okay? Just boredom. <coughs> I've been, well, I've been cooking. I've, I've already talked about that. Uh, dude, I went back and started playing old school. I dug out my, my Game Boy Advanced SP that I bought as an adult, by the way. I was already old enough to, like, I'm an adult when I bought this thing. And it's still been buried for I don't know, 10 years, maybe not that long. I don't know. We'll, 
however long it's been. It's been years. It's been over five years. How about that? So I dig out my Game Boy Advance, whatever it is, the one that folds, um, the one that folds in half. And dude, I only have one game that's the game that's in it. I don't have any other game. Like, I used to, I think, but they're gone. Like, I found the fucking Game Boy, right? So I open it up. Lo and behold, what's in the in the slot in the bottom? Pokemon Red. Boom. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. So I've been playing Pokemon Red for uh, the last seven days pretty, pretty hard. Man, I don't know. Like, y'all know it was a badass game back in the day, right? Like, y'all do. There's going to be people out there that are like, oh, that's lame. Yeah, fuck you, man. It's it's cool. If you haven't played it, you ought to check it out. Now, I don't know about the new ones. I don't know. But these are the old school Pokemon Red and uh, the original ones. You know, the original ones are, that I played on, I think, uh, Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color in, like, middle school. That's when I think Pokemon came out. Was that When was that? 95, 98, something like that? Yeah, then I played it on on. Game Boy Color, but I, like I said, as an adult, I actually went out and bought a Game Boy that, at that time, which was the Game Boy Advance something or other, and uh, bought Pokemon Red for that. And it was actually after the Game Boy Advance came out, but it was already a few years old at that point. But I bought it, found it, played it, and dude, I'm gonna beat Game Boy or I'm gonna beat uh, Pokemon Red this week, I think, if I can. I also have. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild that Chop gave me for the Switch. Haven't checked that out just yet, but I'm looking forward to that. If I can find time once I beat Pokemon. Or, who knows, I may stop playing video games again altogether. I know Call of Duty's whack right now, so I don't really know what I would get into other than that. It sort of trips me out. I've got a five-year-old daughter, and man, I, I think I saw Snow like twice in my life before she was born. And since she's been born, we've seen snow here, in, and uh, and I mean here in Texas. Obviously, I've gone to New Mexico and Colorado and those places and seen snow. But here in Texas, at home, I'd seen legit snow twice before my daughter was born. And since she's been born, I mean, just in the last year, she's seen two different snow events, uh, with the second one being pretty hardcore. Uh, the first one was pretty extreme, too, but it only snowed and shut things down for a day and there were patches of snow everywhere for like three days. This one was definitely something else. This one was, you know, I think at one point we had 12 inches of snow in the flat part of my yard and, uh, you know, drifts 14, 15 inches, something like that. I don't know, something, something like that. I'm guessing there. And then ice, you know, even after it snowed, we had, so we got a foot of snow covering everything. And then the next night it sleets. It like just sleets, you know, not even hail. They weren't big. They were small, but they were little pellets of ice that covered everything. And then I guess it melted or froze, but it created a layer of ice on top of the snow. So you're walking around. It feels like you're just stepping on on windows, like uh, John McClane from from Die Hard, just <laughs> crunching crunching ice beneath your feet. And that's when it started getting really slippery. When it was just snow, it's pretty easy to deal with, but the ice froze. Been trying to watch some movies, I guess. What did we watch? Oh, we started watching Snowpiercer. That's pretty dope. It's about a... It's kind of ironic, too. It's about a train. So the the world has ended, and uh, this train was built before um, the world ended. It has this big loop, and it's a thousand cars long, and it's made to punch through snow. So the world's ended. Every It's like, a, it's like negative 100 degrees out. Or, yeah, something like that. Negative 100 degrees, I think. It's just snow. I mean, it's it's so cold outside that 
that they use it to torture people. They'll stick their arm out of the, the train car and it'll freeze their arm off and they hit it with a hammer and break it. Yeah, it's like you don't survive if you go outside. The only surviving people are on this train. And this train is a thousand cars long and it drives around the world. And uh, there's there's casts. So like, you know, there's there's uh, tail... Uh, Tail, tailies, I think they call them. I don't remember. They live in the back of the train. And those are the people that didn't have tickets, the stowaways, the people that jumped on right at the end. Like, they're the people that are that are uh, really living in squalor, um, malnourished, uh, abused. And then gradually, as you move forward to the front of the train, you get, you know, you start getting into, like, third tier and, and, and second tier. And these are the people that work on the train that, uh, you know, cook and clean and do all that. But they got jobs and they've got places to sleep and that sort of thing. And then you start getting up into the front, you know, one or whatever, the, the, the top tier. And these are rich, snooty assholes that are kind of, you know, they think they're running shit, right? And, and there's like this whole economy and there's this whole government that manages the train and, and they're trying to keep rebellion down and they're trying to keep the train together and they're trying to keep you know and then all of a sudden someone gets murdered and they're trying to figure out you know who this murderer is and they bring this guy this guy that's a detective out of the tail to come and find the murderer in first class so yeah pretty cool story it's got uh no nudity i think it was on tnt so it's got some ass crack and some side boob but that's about the extent of it but uh it does have some crazy like like i told you the guys you know sticking their arm out the window and freezing them and breaking it off. Uh, there's definitely some, um, some gore, some, yeah, some gore. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, real, real compelling story. Um, good acting. Jennifer Connelly is the, I guess, one of the main protagonists, or I, I don't even know if she would classify as a protagonist because she might be the, she's like the, the captain, I guess you could call her. She's the person in charge. And uh, which, if you don't know, Jennifer Connelly is the chick from, she was in, oh, she was in Requiem for a Dream. She was in Labyrinth. She's been in, actually, she's been in a whole lot of stuff, but those are the two that always come to mind. Really good actress. She's in her 50s. She's still super hot. Uh, Snowpiercer, you should check that out, uh, which they're not sponsoring me or anything. It's just something I got into while, while we're dealing with this uh, winter apocalypse ourselves. Studio updates. Not much has happened, obviously. We're probably going to have to work out some kinks on recording remotely so that we can uh, keep moving just in case something like this comes up again. But uh, I plan on us all being back in the studio next week and getting back to it. We do have a uh, midweek that we had scheduled for this week. It's getting pushed to next week, but uh, it's not bad. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to some normalcy, you know, with any luck tomorrow or the next day. I guess that's all I got. Guys, stay warm, stay safe. I know this episode wasn't that funny, but again, that wasn't the goal or the intent. It's kind of to give some some context for those of you that you know aren't from around here and and some ideas about what we're going through. Or if you do live here, then uh, just maybe to hear some common experience and realize you're not in this alone. So yeah, have fun, good luck, drink whiskey, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>